0: Oh grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well dear friends, in Christ, this advent season traditionally is a season of repentance. Now, with our current traditions, it maybe doesn't really seem that way. We're kind of gearing up for Christmas. We're thinking about people coming home for the holidays. We're out there doing the Christmas shopping and planning menus and thinking, yes, about all the wonderful times that we're going to have. But today, perhaps we pause and we think about once again, why is this? Necessary. Why is it necessary that our God would have to send his son into the world? Why is it necessary that Jesus would have to come as a tiny little baby? Why is it necessary? And dear friends, really it is because of sin, isn't it? The Bible tells us that we all have sinned, that we all have fallen short, that we all have gone astray, each of us to his own way. We (coughs) have a need, don't we? We have a desperate need. We have a need to be able to overcome the sinfulness within ourselves. Let's face it, left to our own designs, we can't do it. Left to our own design, we we don't have the self-control. We don't have the the self-discipline. We can't simply make ourselves be good. Do do you remember as a a young child, perhaps, ever going to your mom or or dad and and, and saying, I'm sorry I couldn't help? I, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself, Bob. Do you remember what it was like to be that, that kind of little kid? You remember what it was like for people to be saying, so you, "You need to be able to control yourself. You need to develop some self-control. You need to be able to, you know, stand firm. You need to be able to not be contained by that peer pressure," is, is what we call it still today. Right? You need to be able to go out in public and be among other people and be strong. He says, I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. Remember that? But dear friends, that is what our Lord is saying that we need in order to make it into heaven. We need to be able to have that self-control. Where, where does that come from? The Bible tells us clearly the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. How do you gain the self-control necessary to be able to enter heaven? It comes from the Holy Spirit. It is the gift of Holy Spirit so guess what if you don't have the Spirit no matter what good people you are you're not going to make it see it's so very interesting in our day and age we'll hear people you know put it putting qualifiers on the behavior of their their friends their neighbors you know, they'll say things like, you know, I, I know so-and-so doesn't, you know, believe in God. But they're good people. We ask the question. How can you really be a good person if you don't have the Holy Spirit living in your life? But how can you truly be good? And the answer is you you just can't. No, No matter how well you're fitting into society and no matter how well you're following the laws of the land, without Christ in your home, without Christ in your life, you can't be good. You just cannot do it. Now some people they like to blame God. Well, it's God's fault. If God just really loved people, He just would put the Holy Spirit in everyone, and they all just would you know be good. And it's just God's fault then. Some people aren't making it. Well, guess what? God doesn't make us little robots, does He? You know, God God lets us have a brain. No, God lets us direct our own lives. He gives us freedom, right? Because we like freedom, don't we? Especially in the United States, we like to have freedom. We like to talk about freedom. And God gives us that gift. Otherwise, we'd just be a bunch of little robots. No, we'd be hardwired to do what God. Wanted And and, well, yeah, the world would be so nice and flowery and sunny and no one would ever do evil to anyone else. But how then could God's goodness be shown? You wouldn't be able to see it. It'd just be automatic. And we're just little robots and we're following our programming. Just like a, a little video game out there, right? But oh, God gives us that freedom. But then he comes with that word of warning because he says in the Bible, he who has the son has life. We want to have life, don't we? It tells us clearly, what does it take to have life? We need to have the son, If we have the son, we have life. But there's also the warning. And so again, Advent, why does Jesus have to come? Because if you have not the son, you don't have life. See the second part? Why does Jesus need to come? Because for us to have life, we have to have him. We have to have Jesus. Otherwise, we don't have life. We, we don't have exuberance. <coughs> we can't you know, find happiness. We, we can't you know, get together with family uh, over the holidays and have a good experience because if Jesus isn't there, we're just going to fight and we're going to backbite and we're going to stab each other in the back, you know, metaphorically. And, and we're going to argue and we're going to talk about how great we are and we're going to say what how much money I make and how little money you make and I'm you know so much better than you because of this factor and that factor and we're just going to have a bunch of problems aren't we but if we have the sun we can have joyous experiences and, and we can have genuine excitement and we can find joy in our family gatherings and when Christ becomes the center, it doesn't <coughs> matter how much you make and how much I make. What matters is that Jesus is Lord of all of us. That our life becomes good. It becomes something exceptional. Now some people, they think, well, I, I can maybe just you know kind of slide by. You know? And, and I can say, well, you know, you guys go to church, and that's fine. But, you know, I, I don't go to church, and I, I think that's probably fine, too. And you guys, you know, you can worship Jesus, and that's okay. And, and you know, I, I don't really want to worship him, though, no And I think that ought to be okay, too. And, you know, what is the worst that can happen? Because after all, you know, the the verse is so, if you have Christ, you have life, and and if if you have not the Son, you you don't have life, and God is mildly irritated with you. Now, some of you have been studying your Bibles a long time. You you, you know exactly what the verse is that I'm talking about, and and you're saying, no, Pastor, it, it doesn't just say And God is mildly irritated with you. You know what it says, don't you? If you have not the son, you don't have life. And the wrath of God abides. And so here, at least within the Missouri Senate, we're still trying to be honest about what the Word of God actually says. We're not trying to, you know, sugarcoat all the verses. We're not saying, oh, I'm certain that Paul never wrote that, and it was just some addition later on down the road by somebody, you know, who had too many things to think about. It's like, no, that's what the word of God actually says. It it says, if you don't have Christ, it's not that God just kind of stands with his hands on his hips. He says, oh, golly. Now, you know, it says, if you don't have Christ, the wrath of God abides. And why is that? It's because that, that, that person has taken it upon themselves to actually reject the Son of God. Verse God it tells us that he desires for everyone to be saved. His strong desire of his heart is that everyone would come to the knowledge of him. We have that beautiful example of the sower that goes into the field to sow his seed. And, and he just kind of wastes it. You know, some farmers might say, right? He'd say, Pastor, what, what, what is the Lord doing? He's throwing seed on rocky soil. He's throwing seed over where the weeds are. He's just throwing seed everywhere. It's like he's just going wild. He's throwing seed. All these, these places come on. He's just wasting it. A, a you know, diligent farmer might say of that parable. But that's how much the Lord loves everyone. He's throwing the seed around like crazy. The seed is going everywhere. Because he so much desires that everyone would come to know him. In our our beautiful example of baptism within the Lutheran church, we see, you know, the the parent, the grandparent, inspired by the Holy Spirit, brings that that little baby to be baptized. And it fits right along with that parable, doesn't it? Because the the little baby can't resist. The little baby is going to get some of that seed, so to speak. The little baby might, you know, yell and scream and thrash his arms and legs and spit his pacifier in the pastor's eye. And the pastor say, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and oh, my eye. <laughs> See? And, and of the Holy Spirit, okay. And the baby is baptized because God wanted that. Because God wants that little baby in his care and now a lot of the, the theologians you know they, they get together and they, they discuss you know and they say well how long does that last for you know when does the, the little baby the child come of age so that they can mess that up and a, a lot of them say you know it's about the age of 12 probably You know, maybe a a 12-year-old boy or a girl can kind of come to that state when they can say, I don't want Jesus. I don't want him. I don't want him in my life. I don't want him around, Right? And of course, you know, they maybe have some sad stories and they they say, oh, you know, my my daddy was a drunk and my mama beat me and and about the age of 12, I just realized Jesus didn't really make that much difference. They have a sad story and you you, you feel sorrow for them. But, you know, the bottom line is if we reject the Christ, we are lost. If you get to that kind of an age where you're saying, I don't want Jesus around so I can be free. The exact opposite happens, doesn't it? You've seen it, you experience it. A person that that used to have self-control, they they don't have self-control anymore.
1: A person that used
0: to be able to come to church on Sunday, they can't seem to make it anymore. A person who used to love the Lord and have hymns in their heart and stood before you on confirmation day, so strong and proud and you know glowing with the love of Christ, now they can't seem to you know do anything for others anymore. It's because they lost it. The Holy Spirit's not there. That's not how God is. Just mildly irritated. Oh, those who have not the Son don't have life, and I'm mildly irritated. We'll have to do something about that. Mild irritation. No. It's those that don't have the Son, they don't have life, and now God says, my wrath abides on that person. Oh, that's so harsh. Oh, pastor, if God loves everyone, how can he be wrathful? But really think about it as a, as a, a parent, as an aunt or an uncle, as someone that, that has you know special people in your life. You know, again, you know, just try to imagine what it must be like to be God. To see people lost in sin, you send your most precious son. Here he is, Jesus. He's perfect. He's never done a single thing wrong. He's never committed any sin. Now hopefully you have someone in in your life, some young person that you're very proud of. And you can begin to identify with that. And you say, you know, there, there is that, that special person. There, there is, you know, that, that, that child that I had that was always obedient and did everything right and got all the awards and got the grades and, you know, was out there living their life for Christ. You know, there, there is that person. And now imagine, you know, that, that son, that daughter, that niece, that, that nephew, they come to you and they say, you know what? I, I'm going over to the missionary field. It's yes. I'm going over to that foreign country. I'm going to tell people there about Jesus here. right on. And now you're, you're you're watching CNN one night and and you see that country's in turmoil. You see that things are really falling apart there and you' you're really worried and you know you're praying to the Lord, you know help protect my my son, my daughter, my niece, my nephew, Help protect him over there. And the, the next thing you know, there they are on the news. They've been captured by some foreign group. That's that one you love. It's that one you're so very proud of. They're, they're captured. There they are on the TV. And that fella strolls up on the TV screen and executes them. Right there in front of everybody. And imagine, then, what you would feel inside. They just died. They're gone. And now you're you're going through your grief, and you're going through your your trials and, and, you know, you have the, the funeral and, you know, you're trying to, to deal with the loss of that person you love so much and you're so proud of them and they, they did everything right and, and you're trying to get through that and now the, the reporter comes to interview you and the reporter says something like, you know, I probably got what they deserve. They probably shouldn't have known what they were going into, you know? I, I don't really think that they, they did all that much to help anyone. In fact, they probably just made relations with that foreign country even worse. You know? In fact, a, a lot of people in the United States kind of despise what your loved one did. It really wasn't that much. And now then, can you imagine that your wrath might start to show? You see, dear friends, we're getting very serious today, but that is exactly what our God experiences all the time that he sent his perfect child into this world to die for the sins of the people, to be able to restore our relationship with God, to be able to open the way to heaven for us once again. But he also lets us know. Now Jesus said, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He says he's the only way. And so God, he makes this incredible sacrifice, this sacrifice out of the great love in his heart the sacrifice that enables us to be restored, to enter heaven, to be with him for all eternity. And then he hears some people say, I don't really care. And he hears other people say, well, I don't really even need that. And he hears other people say, you know, if God was really so great, he could have made things better so he wouldn't have had to send Jesus. Here's people worshiping a God of their own design. Here's people that are so arrogant that they actually believe they know better about how to do things than God does. You and I we hear it every day, don't we? People mocking God, people saying that if God was so great, he would have done things different. Thinking that somehow their own ideas are are even better than God's plan? We hear it all the time. And dear friends, it's up to us to be able to come back once again this holiday season and to be able to realize the enormity of what our Lord God has accomplished. That he loved us so much. He gave us the freedom to choose not him. Because that's really what love is, isn't it? I can't really say I love somebody if I tie them up in my basement and I make them do everything that I say. And then I can't say, see how they love me. Oh no, listen to this recording, here it is. See, here oh oh you know watch this videotape I, I made when they say how much they, they love that's not what love is if I'm forcing someone to do it right? If I really love someone they have to have the ability to choose not me. They have to have that freedom. and God loves us so much he gave that freedom. And when you and I have failed at times, when you and I have committed sin, when you and I have chosen not to follow God, then God loves still so much more that he sent Jesus to die for our sin. He sent his perfect sin <clears throat> to forgive us, to make a new path for us so we can enter heaven. And not only that, he gives his word, doesn't he? (coughs) He tells us what we need to do. He shares with us the warnings. If you reject my son, it makes me really angry. My wrath abides. So see, dear friends, we can no longer just kind of be in the middle. And we can no longer just say, oh, hey, you guys can do what you want to do. And as long as, you know, I can do what I want to do. But rather, we need to be able to express the truth of what's going on. If you reject God, if you reject the Christ, you can't have life. You can't make it into heaven. You, you, you can't even avoid the wrath of God. God's going to be angry when you reject his boy. And, and sometimes we have, haven't we? Sometimes you and I have those very same stories. I really needed God to do this. It didn't happen. I was angry. Maybe I cursed and I swore. Maybe I took his name in vain. Maybe I, I told him to get lost, to get out of my life, that I was really upset. Well, whatever the case might be, you know, by the time we, we've got to, you know, the 50 years old, 60 years old, we've probably done it once, haven't we? Something probably happened. And we took that path. But our Lord sends Jesus our lord sends him once again this season to make all things new to restore our hearts to refresh our minds to support us to sustain us to renew us so that you and i can go into the future once more knowing yes god loves us And yes, God so desired that we would be saved. He sent Jesus to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to be the one that we can worship this Christmas season once again. And we say, thank you, Lord, Thank you so very much. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.